Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter two, verses two through four, called The Danger of Drifting. If breakers of the law did not go unpunished, certainly despisers of the gospel cannot expect to do so. If you neglect the saving gospel, this is what all these warning passages in Hebrews is about. If you walk away from Christ, what's left? How do you deal with your sin? How can you be right in the sight of a holy God who thundered from Sinai if you reject the one way that you can come to the Father and be right? You got nothing left. I'll give you an example. I've shared this story before, but it's very relevant. I had a friend, and he was a preacher, and he addressed a group like this, and he used the example of Peter going back fishing after the resurrection. And there were people sitting there that had drifted away. I knew some of them personally. And he said, he, he talked about Peter going back fishing and he said, some of you have gone back fishing. How is it? And you could have hear, heard a pin drop. We could put it this way, the writer of Hebrews, some of you have drifted away. How is it? And if you try to do life without the saving Christ, you're going to stand before God and you're not going to be cloaked in his righteousness. So this is no light thing. Now, we were in the prayer room before this service and we were all rejoicing in the gospel, rejoicing in the imputed righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're no longer counting my sins against me in Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you go back to the law, my Jewish Friends, this writer might be saying, if you go back to the animal sacrifices which have been fulfilled in Christ and you go back and you think that by doing this and the blood of bulls and goats, they can never take away your sin. Christ has come. You can't go back to the shadows. There's nothing in them. There's no saving power in them. If you leave Christ, you got nothing. And so that's what he's saying. See, Jesus... 1 Thessalonians 1.10 delivers us from the wrath to come. God has not destined us for wrath, 1 Thessalonians 5.9, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. If the old covenant was unalterable, how much more the gospel? And how shall we escape, verse 3, if we neglect, if we drift away from such a great salvation? Seven times in the book of Hebrews, the word salvation, soteria, is here. And that salvation was first of all spoken through who? Verse 3, through the Lord. Do you know who first announced the gospel? Jesus. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. Now, John the Baptist prepared the way, but Jesus was the one. And we're going to study this in Matthew 4, coming up on Sunday. Jesus, right out of the gate, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, Jesus is the one who began to preach the gospel. 
And if you reject the gospel, you've rejected the Lord Jesus. And if you reject the Lord Jesus, then what gospel do you have left? Basically, you're saying, I don't believe you. I don't believe repent and believe the gospel is the way to heaven. I think there's some other way. I I think I can go my own way. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and he said the time is fulfilled, Mark 1.15, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This is hugely important because the gospel came through Jesus Christ. The records are before us in our New Testament. The four gospels are the records of what Jesus came to do, what he preached, how he died, how he resurrected, and his interaction with the world, with the apostles, etc. This is the record that we have. The Lord preached the gospel first. So the writer, in a pastoral way, is saying, if you reject the gospel, you've rejected Jesus. It seems that everybody is good with a Jesus of their own creation. Until you read things that he said in the New Testament. Like, no one comes to my Father except through me. Well, that's narrow. Yeah, it is. But at least there's a way. And think about how he blazed the trail, how he made a way. So the warning comes to these Hebrew Christians who are feeling the pressure much in the same way as we feel it in today's society. It's hard sometimes. We start arguing the biblical moral values of the Bible. And you know there's a whole group of people that don't want to hear it. They, they think we're out to lunch. They think we're crazy. But the gospel itself, because that's the main issue here, is a message that says there's a way but you've got to come God's way or you won't come at all. And, you know, that sounds very narrow to some people and it is, but it's the way that leads to life. Take a look. The gospel, this salvation was first spoken through the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard. The, those who heard are the disciples, the apostles, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, 1 John 1.1, 1, 1, what we beheld with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, we've seen, we've borne witness, we proclaim to you eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, 1 John 1.1 1, 1 and 2. Peter says, we did not follow cleverly devised tales, 2 Peter 1.16, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter, preaching in Acts 3.15, says, But uh, you put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. I could go on, but I think you know the scriptures. Jesus preached it. He called his followers, and then he said, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will preach it. And they bore witness to it. You have the preaching of Jesus. You have the preaching of the apostles. You have the testimony uh, from the early church. But there's another plank of it. Look at it. It's in verse four. God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mark this down. 
according to his own will. The preaching of Jesus, the preaching of the apostles in the early church, and the testimony of miracles are a threefold witness. And basically what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, is this. God has made it clear. In these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Now, the miracle of the resurrection is amazing. The miracle of the raising of Lazarus. The, the miracles that Jesus did of the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, lepers being cleansed, the woman with the flow of blood, the little girl who was dead. And he said, little girl, arise. We could go on and on. There seems to be gospel accounts where Jesus was healing people from morning until evening. Miracle upon miracle. He said, if you don't believe me, believe the signs that you've seen. How could one stand at the tomb of Lazarus and dismiss the power of Christ? Lazarus, come forth. Who does that? But then the apostles take the baton. And what happens there? In the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts, miracles occur through the hands of the apostles. Through Peter. Through Paul, uh, through Stephen, God continued to ratify and say, this is truth. When a miracle occurs today, please hear this well. When a miracle occurs today, God has a purpose for that miracle. Sometimes it's simply his compassion. Sometimes God does a miracle to open the eyes of an unbeliever. And sometimes he doesn't. Miracles, verse 4, happen according to his own will. Amen? Now, do I believe in miracles? Yes, I do. This book is going to say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does miracles for his purposes when he decides to do them. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. Paul prayed for certain people in certain contexts, and they were not healed. And in other places, people were healed. Why? Because God does things for his own will. That's what we got to know. It's not about formulas. There's been times when I felt like my prayer was relatively weak and God moved anyway. And there were times when I prayed with the utmost authority and my best Baptist Southern preacher voice. And nothing happened. Why? Because I'm not God. (laughs) Because I appeal to the sovereign God of the universe and he does what he's going to do and he knows best. And so here's the broader point. There's a witness, Jesus, the apostles, the signs and wonders. And today, when God does a sign or a wonder, why does he do it? Oftentimes to bring someone into the kingdom or bring them back. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series has to do with our recently broadcast of the Song of Solomon, talking about relationships. When I think of your spouse and just one of you or both of you, are going through having shame from not doing it God's way, um, that you need to work on that together, not separately, not one spouse who's having the problem going to get 
the help that they need, but I think together they need to navigate this. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com, or you can subscribe and follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. That's Walk In Truth's A Step Closer on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And in other places, people were healed. Why? Because God does things for His own will. That's what we got to know. It's not about formulas. There's been times when I felt like my prayer was relatively weak and God moved anyway. And there were times when I prayed with the utmost authority and my best Baptist Southern preacher voice and nothing happened. Why? Because I'm not God. (laughs) Because I appeal to the sovereign God of the universe and he does what he's going to do and he knows best. And so here's the broader point. There's a witness, Jesus, the apostles, the signs and wonders. And today, when God does a sign or a wonder, why does he do it? Oftentimes, to bring someone into the kingdom or bring them back. Quick story, Chuck Smith wrote a book called Living Water, and he was saying in the early days of Calvary Chapel, they had an outdoor meeting, I think it was an evening meeting, and a woman um, brought a friend of hers who was having, her marriage was in trouble. And so uh, there was some worship going on and there was a little bit of waiting upon the Lord. And someone spoke in the gift of language, the gift of tongues, and someone else interpreted it. And so the service went on and, and the lady, they had agreed that the lady would come up and talk to Pastor Chuck after the service about her marriage. And so she said, before we talk about my marriage, I just need to know what happened there. That one lady stood up and then the other lady gave an interpretation and, and Pastor Chuck said, well, that was the biblical gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. She said, well, help me understand that. He said, well, the one lady spoke and the other lady interpreted and that's the gift. And she said, you know, I want to tell you something. That one lady spoke in perfect aristocratic French. Uh, I lived in France for five years, perfect aristocratic French. And the other lady perfectly interpreted what she said. And Pastor Chuck said, well, let me tell you something. I've known the one lady for 20 years and I know she doesn't know French. And the other lady is my wife. And I know she doesn't know French. (laughs) The lady that interpreted it. And that woman got saved and then she could deal with her problems as a born-again believer. Here's, here's my point. Do you see what God was doing there? Why French? Because the lady had lived in France for five years. And there was a manifestation of a biblical gift done the right way, done according to God's will, and it brought a woman to faith. There's a story of a, a pastor's conference up in, uh, I think it was the Big Bear area. There was another manifestation of this gift. There was a bartender. They weren't drinking at this pastor's conference, but he was on the clock and he was wiping down the bar. Somebody stood up, spoke in Farsi, and there was no interpretation. So the pastor said, okay, if there's no interpretation, we're just going to leave it there. 
The bartender was from Iran. The person who had spoken in Farsi spoke about the wonderful works of God. The bartender ends up getting saved at a pastor's conference just because he's on the clock. God was attesting to the gospel. These are true stories coming from very reputable sources. Here's the point. God has a heart to save the nations. And when there's someone around, I'm not saying that God does this all the time, but he'll, he'll often do something to grab somebody's attention. And sometimes he'll do something to call drifters home. Now, the final verse, a transitional verse says, for he did not subject to angels the world to come. The implication is that it's subject to the Son. He's the center of, of course, the whole New Testament, but the book of Hebrews concerning which we are speaking. The world to come has been subjected. To whom? To Christ. Do you know, when you hear a preacher say, the only question you're going to hear when you stand before God is, what did you do with my son? I don't think is accurate. Let me tell you why. All judgment has been given to the son. I think what you're going to hear is, what did you do with my message that I preached? And if you've read the Gospels, you know that some of the sadder um, stories say, the son will say to people, depart from me. I don't know who you are. Read that before? Depart from me. I never knew you. Now, what we want to hear is, well done, (laughs) good and faithful servant. Do you know all judgment has been given to the son, John 5? It's his. So if there is an opportunity for every individual to stand before God on that day, they will answer to the one who preached the gospel, the one who is the gospel, Christ. Amen? That's why knowing him is everything. Father, thank you for the fact that we have come to know this wonderful Savior. Thank you for the warning passages in the book of Hebrews because they are here for a reason. And we know all it takes to drift is really to do nothing. Help us to pay attention. Help us to be sensitive to what you're saying to us in our generation. And Lord, I don't think that this is really about committed believers who uh, need to worry or lose sleep. I think this is about people who live in a culture where the gospel has been clearly proclaimed but have neglected it, maybe have had some exposure and drifted away from even bothering with it anymore. And the warning goes to them. Be careful. Pay attention. Because this saving gospel is just that, the gospel that saves. If you've not met Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're watching via live stream or here tonight, he is a prayer away. And if he's gotten your attention through his word, he's going to ask you to place your trust in him for your salvation. He came on a saving mission. The logical question is, what is he saved from? He saves from the wrath to come. He saves us from God's wrath. He saves us from the consequences of our sin. Won't you trust in him? 
something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe in that saving mission that you came to accomplish. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry for it. Thank you that you paid for my sins at the cross, that you defeated death through the resurrection. I place my faith and my hope in you. Please forgive me. Make me your son, your daughter. Make me alive in Christ. Teach me to follow you all the days of my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, for the wonderful group of saints here, may you continue them preaching the good news of the gospel and help us all stay close to you. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to The Danger of Drifting, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, Chapter 2, Verses 2 through 4. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Maybe these Ten Commandment teachings are bringing up some feelings you need to let out, or perhaps you have more questions. Go ahead and call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. You know, the opposite of drifting is abiding. And when we are abiding in Christ, there is a real beauty, a real sense of peace, a real sense of the power of God and the presence of God. There's really no place else we'd rather be. I think if you, if you have been a believer for a while, you know what that sweet spot is. You know what it means to abide and walk close with the Lord. And uh, it's so good to be there. And I'll tell you, yes, we, there's, we are prone to wander. We all feel it. We know the hymn writer captured it, prone to leave the God I love. And, and that's why these warnings are there, because God knows that we still are in a battle. And I think acknowledging that we're in a battle with the flesh, with the world, with the, the enemy, with the devil, is not a bad, bad place to um, land, because acknowledging that you're in a battle helps you know what to do. If you're ignorant to the battle or you ignore the battle, then you might end up defeated. But if you put on the armor of God, if you have a game plan every day to stay close, to walk close, to stay in your Bible, stay in prayer, stay in fellowship, keep the worship music flowing, etc., witness your faith, be about kingdom business, you're going to be where you need to be and you won't have to worry about it. And you just take it a day at a time. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and I'll add all these things back to you. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. And hey, if you're new to us, we're glad that you're aboard. If you'd like to find out more about the ministry, we are excited about what the Lord is doing. We have some uh, open doors that we'd like to walk through for further radio stations. We could use more partners. Uh, we often say $5 a month, but you know today that's a cup of coffee. And that's if you don't get anything except a straight cup of coffee, right? No no extras, <laughs> no fr- uh, whatever you call it, whipped cream or whatever. Anyway, I don't do the foo-foo coffee drinks. I, I'm like a straight up, you know, maybe a little bit of cream, but why, why am I talking about coffee? Anyway, I'm talking about support. 
And you know, if you could give $20 a month to walk in truth or maybe more or maybe less, I tell you, it, it, every little bit helps. And uh, we don't talk about this often, but you know, w- there's more that we want to see happen. And we're asking Lord, the Lord to open doors and open doors do come. In fact, I, I got a phone call today about an open door and we want to walk through them and we could use more consistent support. If you want to become a monthly partner walking with us uh, on this journey of faith, go to walkintruth.com and click on that donate tab. Walkintruth.com, click on that donate tab. I often pray, Lord, let there never be anything that we can't do for lack of resources that you're leading us to do. I, I would hate to see the work not uh, hitting every mark that it needs to hit because we're not doing what we need to do. I think you know what I'm saying. So walkintruth.com, clicking on the donate tab for all of you who support us, our monthly partners, those of you who pray for us. We are in a battle and we are so grateful for those who hold us up in prayer. Thank you so much. We love you and I appreciate you and we'll see you right here tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for just $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 2, verses 5 through 15, called Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.